pulpit tonight. And uh, would you open, I tell you what, let's do something different tonight. I got a short message. I can tell y'all believe that. Swords in the air. Swords in the air. Romans, we're going to do this side against this side. Romans 3.23. Charge. And just jump up as soon as the first person jump up and say it. Read it. There it is. So I guess you're on this side. Amen. All right. She's on this side. Did you jump up? She's normally over there. All right. Uh, what was that one? I quoted this the other day. That ain't it. Uh... That ain't it. Uh, let's go with. Uh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I got to get one that you can't quote. Like that one. Um, all right, this is a good one. Luke 10, 37, Luke 10, 37, charge. Uh, and he said, he that showed mercy on him, then said Jesus unto him, go and do thou likewise. That was quick. <laughs> Two against zero. Best, we'll do one more, which if we did, well, we'll do one more if that side gets it. All right, uh, let's see here. And we're not cheating. You got to have your swords in the air. All right. You got to have your swords up. All right. Let's see. Psalm 144, verse 3. Charge. Yeah, you can't go to, I say charge. 144, verse 3, charge. Psalm 144, verse. Thou takest knowledge of him or the son of man. All right. All right. All right. That side wins. All right. Now we can all get to the same place. Second Chronicles chapter number 14. Second Chronicles chapter 14 tonight. Second Chronicles chapter 14. Second Chronicles chapter 14, and we're going to start with verse number one. Second Chronicles chapter number 14. Yeah, we're not doing sword drills anymore. We're going to preach. We're ready to go. That was a slaughter. This side won very quickly. Second Chronicles, and they're still ready to go. Second Chronicles chapter 14, and we'll just all, when you get there, say amen. amen. All right, here we go. So Abijah slept with his fathers, and they buried him in the city of David, and Asa his son reigned in his stead. In his days, the land was quiet ten years. And Asa did that which was good and right 
in the eyes of the Lord his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods in the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to do the law and the commandment. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. And what that means there was no war. And he built fenced cities in Judah for the land had rest and he had no war in those years because the Lord had given him rest. Therefore he said unto Judah let us build these cities make about them walls and towers gates and bars while the land is yet before us because we have sought the Lord our God. We have sought him and he hath given us rest on every side. So they built and prospered. And Asa had an army of men that were that bear targets and spears out of Judah, 300,000 out of Benjamin that bear shields and drew bows, 204 score thousand. All these were mighty men of valor. And there came out against them Zerah the Ethiopian with an host of 1,000,000 and 300 chariots and came into Marasha. Then Asa went out against him and they set the battle in array in the valley of Zephathah at Marasha. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Notice this, help us. O Lord, our God, for we rest on thee and in thy name we go out. We go against this multitude, O Lord, thou art our God, let not man prevail against thee. Notice he didn't say against us, against thee. So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa, and therefore Judah and the Ethiopians fled. And Asa and the people that were with him pursued them into Gerar, and the Ethiopians were overthrown, and they could not recover themselves, for they were destroyed before the Lord and before his host, and they carried away very much spoil. And they smote all the cities round about Gerar, for the fear of the Lord came upon them, and they spoiled all the cities, for there was exceeding much spoil in them. They smote also the tents of the, of the cattle, and carried away sheep and camels in abundance, and returned to Jerusalem. Quickly, for all of you children, when I was a little boy, and I heard somebody read about the spoil in the Bible, I always thought, well, what spoil? What was bad? But this means they got a lot of good stuff. That's what that means. They got a lot of good stuff. They were able to, to defeat the army, but they also were able to get much of their goods, much of their foods, much of their wealth. And so that's what that means. I want to pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you now tonight that you'll do what only you can do. Help us now. And Lord, that's the, that's the request tonight. Uh, we've seen it many years ago with this man Asa. He just simply said, help us. So Lord, that's the message tonight. Help us. I pray you will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. That's just simply the message tonight. Help us. Y'all ever been there? You ever just been able to say, and all you've been able to say is, dear God, please help me. Or God, help me. Or help us. Or help me. A very personal prayer. And we find here that Asa is in that spot. Now, I praise God for Asa. I praise God for men like Asa. I'm glad that there were kings like Asa. And I'm glad that I know some men like Asa today. And so I want to say in verse 2, we realize one thing about Asa. He was a man's man. I don't know about y'all, but I like a man's man. Y'all like a man's man? I really do. And I'm thankful that he was a man's man. But here was the key to Asa. He was not only a man's man, he was a king. He was a ruler. He was a leader. But he was tender and he loved the Lord. Now, gentlemen, that is a great, 
great balance to have. You ought to be tough. You ought to be a man. But you also ought to be tender before the Lord. And we see that in Asa. He was strong. By the way, chapter 15 tells us in verse 16. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now. In chapter 15, verse 16, we learn a little bit more about Asa. He had some, I'm telling you, he had a backbone. He had some courage. Because look who he dealt with in verse 16 of chapter 15. And also concerning Micah, the mother of Asa, the king, he removed her <laughs> from being queen. Because she had made an idol in a grove and Asa cut down her idol and stamped it out, burned it at the brook Kidron. Now, I want you to know something. He was a man. He might have been, a, someone might say, well, boy, if you go against your mommy, you're not very strong or you're not very wise. But when your mama's doing wrong, I'm telling you right now, he had some backbone. That'd be tough to do. That's a tough spot that you remove your mom from being queen because she's doing wrong. Mom, don't ever do that. <laughs> He dealt with his own mother. So I'm telling you right now, we're dealing with a man here. And I believe he loved his mother. But we're, we, we get a picture here. He's strong. He's bold. He's courageous. But look at verse 11. You wouldn't think that by his prayer. Here's a very capable man that God had given rest. And he had built cities. He had built walls. He had built bars. By the way, and I meant bars by... The bars on the, the steel bars as he built the cities. Thank God we got a sense of humor. But in verse 11, we're going to find something about him. He realized something. No matter how capable he was, no matter how great of a leader he was, no matter how much of a man he was, he came to a spot in his life that he knew he needed the Lord. And he cried for help. I could call this message a good man crying for help, but I just like helpless. Because we all understand this. His soul was in need. He was crying out of distress. His problem was bigger than he thought. He, his, his problem was bigger than he was. Now, when I think about Ace, I also see a man that was serving the Lord. We see a man that was separated to the Lord. But I'm glad we find a man here that, was, that he sought the Lord. And we find that this was a good man crying for help. His problem was bigger than he was. And by the way, all of our problems are bigger than us. Well, there wouldn't be problems. It's not a problem if we can handle it. It's not something that is a problem that we can take care of ourselves. So obviously he came to a place in his life that he just simply said help us. Now that's what I want to preach on tonight. And I want you to know I'm thankful tonight. Not only did Asa find help many years ago, I'm glad to know that the still source of help is available today. That's the first big point if you're taking notes, the source of help. The source of help. Where did he go? He said, our God. Look what he said here in verse 11. And Asa cried unto the Lord, notice the personal pronoun, his God. Can I ask y'all a question tonight? Is he yours? I'm glad the children, a couple of them, quoted for the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, when I was a boy, and I know I've explained this to you before, I never understood that verse because I thought, well, why is he a shepherd that I don't want? That's how I interpreted that for years as a kid. I was like, that verse don't make any sense. Don't everybody need the Lord if he's our shepherd? Why don't I want him? Y'all ever think like me or is I'm just dumb? Did anybody else think like that as a child? Well, if you would, would you help me a little bit and raise your hand? I, I appreciate that. 
until somebody explained that to me and says, no, Mark, that's not what that means. That means that the Lord is your shepherd. You don't need anything else. I shall not want. But I'm glad that it's a personal pronoun. I'm glad that we have a God that is personal. He's mine. He's yours. How many of you know him tonight? Well, then he's yours. And by the way, not only do you know him, here's what's a real sobering thing. He knows you. And he knows everything about you. He knows every thought. He knows every sin. He knows every insecurity that you have. He knows you. And here's what's amazing. He still loves us. <laughs> so the source of our help, he said it was his God. Personal. By the way, he was his burden bearer. By the way, if he's yours, if he's the source of your help, then he's your burden bearer. He'll help you burden. He'll help you bear burdens. He says, take my yoke upon you. Why? Because it's light. I'm glad that when we get hitched up with the Lord, we're not carrying all of our burdens alone. We try to. And when we do that, we always fail. But when we get in the yoke with the Lord and we understand that he's there to help burden our problems. He's there to burden and to help us bear these burdens. He is a personal helper. Let me just say this. He's our fear reliever. Y'all know a fever reducer. Now, the grandchildren were sick all week, pretty much, the whole week that Clay had them. And uh, they had fevers. And so, here's what got me tickled. I've never heard anybody say this. Vicora, as serious as she could be, she looked at me one evening and she said, Papa, she said, I like that fever reducer. I've never heard it called that. I've never heard a kid call it a fever reducer. I've only heard, hey, I like that medicine or Tylenol. She said, I sure like that fever reducer. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I sure like the fear reliever. He just doesn't reduce our fear. He should relieve our fears. And I'm thankful that in this moment, when this man needed to stand up to an army much larger than his, God came in and the source of his help is he helped relieve his fear. We all come to times in life and it seems only the Lord can help us. And by the way, we come to that place more times than we want to. But we know that he is there. And by the way, when we come to the place that we realize he's the only person that can help us, then we're in a good spot. He stands ready to help us in times of our despair, in times of our sin even, in times of our suffering, in times of our doubt, in times of our hurt. He's there. Now, sometimes we don't feel like he's there, but he's there. And I want to say to you tonight, he should be the source of our help. Man, Asa knew exactly where to go. He didn't go to his captains of the host and say, look now, boys, we got a big army here in front of us. We're outmatched. We, have, we don't have the men. We don't have the firepower. So all of y'all are going to have to do everything you can. We're going to just fight and all the, all the might that we have, and we're going to whoop this army. No, he said no. It is absolutely impossible for our army to defeat, defeat these Ethiopians. We need the real help. So we went to the right source, the Lord Jesus. Look, old trust him tonight. I don't know where you are. You might be in the darkest, deepest despair of your life. And by the way, you're going to get there. It amazes me. In a day's time, the people that reach out to me that are hurting. And I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot be their source of help. Because what happens when I'm hurt? That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. 
What happens when I ain't got it for him at that particular moment? The only thing I can do is say, listen, you have to go the same place I'm trying to get to, and that's Jesus. He's our source. So get to the right source. I'm glad Asa went to the right source. By the way, gentlemen, he's not a man because he said he was a man. I believe he was a man because he realized he needed the Lord. So we see the source of help. Then I want you to notice the call for help. The source of help. But look at the call of help. It was just simple this. Two words. Help us. You know there's a lot in those two words. Help me. Help me or help us. There's a lot in that. You know what we're saying when we, when we voice those two words? We ain't got it. We don't have it. We don't have it. Well, I mean, when someone gets to a place, and by the way, I get it. Um, I know there are people that make their life is about, and I hate to use this word, but they leech off of other people. It amazes me, because I'm going to be honest with you, if I was in great need, I don't even know. I might have, I can maybe count on, on one hand that I've asked for somebody for help in a situation. And I know a lot of people in this church you will go without before you have to ask somebody for help. But then it amazes me. We live in a world like I don't even know these people. They're pulling up at the church. They're calling me on the phone. And I mean, they don't even know who I am. And here's what's amazing about that is I love they've all got a story. But here's how good they are. There was a guy one time that called me. And I don't know him from Adam. And he was so good with his pitch. That he basically got me feeling bad at the end of that conversation. Because he was sitting out in his car in the rain like it was my fault. <laughs> and I honestly. And finally it dawned on me. I was like, man. I said, I don't even know who you are. I said, it ain't my fault you're up there in a car asking for money. And I mean, it wasn't like he was going to the Motel 6. He was wanting me to pay to put him up in the Fairfield Inns. And he said, he was pitching me a story like, man, I'm up here just fair filled in, sitting in my car in the rain. I said, well, man, I said, at least if you go ask me to help you, go to the Super 8. I mean, I don't even stay up there. Somebody say, man, I mean, here's a guy bumming for money and he's asking for the deluxe suite. And I got to feeling bad before I got off the phone. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm the reason he's up there. Now, I say all that to say this. I know there's nobody in here like that tonight. But I'm going to tell you something right now. When we get to a place of where we start asking for help, I'm going to tell you one thing. It's desperate. See, this was a desperate prayer. This was a desperate prayer. Why was it a desperate prayer? Why did he call out for help? I'm going to tell you right now. It was desperate. Why was it desperate? Think about this. The first one's this. He knew this problem was bigger than he was. He knew the army that was facing him was bigger than his army. And he knew statistically they didn't have a chance. He was desperate. I'm wondering how many times why we don't call on the Lord. You know what that's rooted in? Pride. And I'm going to be honest, God knows us better than anybody else knows us. And 
He knows what it takes. And sometimes I hear people all the time and they misquote that verse. It's, this is not what it means. Well, God won't put anything on more than you can stand. That's not true. That's not what that verse means. Without escape. You always have an escape. But yeah, I believe that many times God puts more on you than you can bear. So you'll get to Him. Because why would you need Him if you can handle everything? There'll be no desperation. There'll be no crying out for help. There'll be no in desperation of all you can say is, oh God, help me. That's what Asa did. He said, oh God, help us. Why? Because the problem was too big. It was desperate. I'll give you another reason. And I'll just say this. If you're a husband, you're a, you have a family, you're a father. If you're in a place of leadership, you care about your people. He was the king. He didn't only, it was not only desperate for him and his family. I'm going to tell you another reason why. He knew all those families that he loved and that he was leading. He knew that families would pay by their life if he didn't get desperate. He knew that many of them daddies that was going to fight that night, if he didn't get some help, that those children weren't going to have a daddy that night. See, he got desperate because the families were depending on him. Get it down. Families were depending on him. And by the way, there's people depending on you. There's people depending on me. So we ought to get desperate with our prayers, not just for selfish reasons. There are people's lives that will be affected by our lives, by our failures, by our pride, that we just simply won't go to God and ask him to do something for us that we can't do for ourselves rooted in pride we ought to get desperate his he was desperate because his problem was bigger than he was he was desperate because there was families that depended upon him but i'm gonna be honest with you this he also got desperate because he was unsettled about the future if they lost this battle he lost his cities he lost his people there would be many of great people taken into captivity and he was worried about the future of the people that he loved by the way, I don't know about you, but that's why we should be called upon the Lord because we ought to be concerned about the futures of the people that we love. Amen. And by the way, every time I've cried and went to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, help me, or God help me. And there's been times that's all I could pray is, Oh dear God, just, Oh God, help me. Help me, help me. Dear God, help me. Dear God, help me. Every time I've ever went through an experience like that, even if I can't even, you know, and by the way, have you ever been so sorrowful of heart that, you, that I call it wallering? You just wall. You can't talk. Your hurt's so bad in your soul. You're just wallering. And you can't say anything. All you can say in the midst of your, all of your hurt and all of your trouble and all of your struggle is, oh, dear God, help me. God help me. Dear God help me. That's what Asa was doing. Because he was desperate. He knew that there was a problem that he could not handle himself. I'm thankful for this. He'll help us. He helped Asa. He will strengthen you. He will give you courage. He gave Asa courage. He helped him. And every time that I've went through an experience like that, and maybe it's two or three times that day, maybe that goes on for a week, maybe it goes on for two weeks. 
And all I can say in those troubling times is, oh, God, help me. Every time I finished, I've always felt better. You know, some people have this idea that crying is for weaklings. No, God created tears on earth. It's kind of healing. You ever notice if you've cried so much, you just can't cry anymore? God fearfully and wonderfully made us. So the call for help. But then I want you to just notice this. And I'm going to close. Y'all going to get out here early tonight. This is simple. The reason for help. <laughs> what was he trying to get help to do? Just to defeat the army? No. Bigger than that. We'll find it right here in verse 11. And Asa cried unto the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help, whether with many or with them that have no power. Help us, O Lord our God. Here it is. For we rest on thee. That's the reason. You know, you know why that's so important? There's peace there. I don't know about y'all. I know I've been talking a lot about it lately. But just what I read earlier. And look, they're human. And I'm going to be honest with you. As I read this update today. What would cause a mama that's been down at T.C. Thompson Hospital. Standing right there by the side. And again, a dad there too. They've been very helpful with one another. I know they're watching tonight. I know that Sarah won't hardly leave the room. But they do have a room secured where she can go and get some rest. They've been switched from room to room to room. And there's some rooms they're in. They don't even have a couch there. So she's sitting there all night long by the bedside of Stone holding his hand. They have been one down one, they have been up one roller coaster ride right after another. They've been given news after news after news. They're just wanting something to level out. There's been so many things there. And I'm gonna be honest with you, church. If that was me, I don't believe that I would put the end of what she put on this text. Amen. Don't let me read it too fast. After all of this. That this problem is too big for them. At the end of this text. You would think you would leave it. So people would still be feeling sorry for them. Because yeah. that's what most people do. They'll put something up on Facebook. So the whole world. Will feel sorry for them. But very rarely. Will you ever find people. That will always. While they're hurting. And while they're struggling, even while they're hurting and struggling, they're still trying to help other people get peace. That's what she did at the end of this text. Rejoice evermore. Now, y'all tell me just a minute. Rejoice evermore. That even means when your son has had three strokes, fighting for life in the ICU room, been there for three weeks, they're going to rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And then this was the real kicker that convicted me when I read it. In everything. Thank you, Lord. Give thanks. 
For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I'm going to just say this. She's somewhere. That's right. And she's resting in someone. Because yeah, right. she's got it. See, the reason for the praying is, Lord, help us to rest in Thee. I wonder why sometimes people give prayer requests. I wonder why sometimes people pray. What's the reason for that prayer? It's very simple. This was a quick prayer. He said, Lord, help us. He wasn't waxing eloquent. He wasn't letting everybody know that was in that congregation that he really knew how to pray. And he wasn't there. I mean, just absolutely just making that most beautiful prayer and quoting all of the scripture. And I'm going to tell you right now, he got to the point because here was the reason that he prayed. He had to get some peace. He had to rest. That's why we ought to pray that we can rest in him. We can rest in his promises. We don't pray to get more discouraged. We don't start praying and saying, oh, Lord, I know you're not going to answer this prayer, but I'm just going to do it out of duty. No, we pray to get peace that we might rest in you. It's a reason for the prayer. I love it. Peace is there. He wanted to live there. Even when the circumstances around him didn't look like that he should live there. That he should be resting there. That king should have been frantic. That king should have been scared to death. Asa should have absolutely been torn all to pieces. But he says, no Lord, the reason I'm calling out to you and asking you to help us is so that we can rest in you. Look, we must rest on him for every need. Someone said, well, you use Jesus like a crutch. You better be. What about a leaning tree? You know, I, I know I shared a little bit with you of my ride to work with my father. Those were some hilarious rides with my dad growing up. We'd be driving down Summer Street or coming home from Temple Street. And, you know, I'm just being honest. I'm not being ugly. But, you know, there were certain people. I thought they was going to work. He's like, he's like Mark, they ain't going to work. <laughs> I was like, Dad, what's these people? So every morning, man, he said, Mark. He said, they're going out there. You know, first of all, they, he said, they're going out there to do their job. I said, what do they do? He said, Mark, they ain't got no job. <laughs> he said, they're going to go out there on 3rd Avenue. And they're going to lean up against that corner all day long and watch everybody else work. A leaning wall. Well, I thought about a leaning tree. Someone said, well, what are you doing? Well, I'm leaning up against that tree because I'm tired. That's the way we ought to be with Jesus. He's our leaning tree. He's our crutch. He's our wall. He's our building that we lean up against. And just sit and watch everybody do the work. I'm going to say this. I'm going to close. The Lord expects us to believe on Him, to trust Him, and to call on Him. He expects it. He really does. You know why I know that? Call unto me. 
wants us to pray. He wants us to come to Him. He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to lean on Him. You know what all of us get frustrated about is when we say something and somebody just might not believe it or they don't trust it. Y'all know what I mean? You'd hope that people would trust what you're saying. Well, that's exactly the way the Lord is. When the Lord tells us something, He expects us to trust Him. So Lord, help us. Why would I pray that prayer? Because I am expecting Him, excuse me, to help me. <laughs> and I want to rest in Thee. Now, that's easier preaching than living. But it's right there in black and white, and a real man <clears throat> prayed it. And guess what? Y'all read the rest of it before I close my Bible up? They whooped them Ethiopians. And here's the thing. They didn't whoop them. The Bible said the Lord Hallelujah. defeated them. So guess what? God answered his prayer. And Asa got to watch him. So he could rest in him. Lord, help us. Why? So we can rest. Any of y'all rowing tonight? Y'all know what I mean by that? Let me help everybody. All you ladies tonight that are worrying about everything, here's what you're doing. I'll give you a little personal illustration. My grandfather took me out in the big steamboat chute. That's on the New River. That's the river I grew up on. I get spiritual just talking about it. My grandpa always, we didn't go out there. Grandpa never waited unless we were hunting for Helgramites. If we went fishing, it was always in a boat. And he loved to teach you how to row. And I didn't know how to row. And so he got me out there in the steamboat chute one day. And he would say, pull this oar. Pull this oar. Pull this oar. Pull this oar. Well, next thing you know, you know, I was just going all over the place, and I'll never forget it. Uh, Derek said, well, Grandpa, where are we going to go? He said, well, I don't know. I guess wherever Mark's going to take us. <laughs> well, next thing I know, I done got in the current. And, I mean, you get in the current on the new river, you're going to go down. You, it's going to be some mess. And about that time, I'll never forget that Grandpa's face, his whole demeanor changed. He's like, Mark, get out of that seat. And he jumped over there, man. He started fighting. And so what I'm saying is, I was doing all of this, and I was really only going in circles. And when you just sit around and worry, that's all you're doing is rowing. You ain't going nowhere. You ain't going to get no peace. So why don't you stop worrying, and how about you start asking him to help you? Because here's the key. The reason you're praying is that so you can rest on him. Well, that's huge. Because that's all what we want, right? We all want peace, right? So let's cry out to call to him for help so we can rest in him. Get the peace that we desire. It only comes in him. How, how many of y'all believe that? I believe it. Let's stand our feet tonight. Help us. Y'all ever been there? How many of you know when you've just been so full of sorrow, trouble, storms, and all you can do is say, God help us? Can I ask y'all a question? How many of you know he did? Would you raise your hand? 
Could I ask you a question? How about you come to an old-fashioned altar tonight and just thank him for it? Maybe you're in that position tonight. You say, oh, God, I need help. Well, then let him help you. I'm also going to do this. I don't normally do this on a Sunday night. But whatever you might need tonight. You know, we've, if you haven't followed the Lord in believer's baptism, look, you need to do that. If you, you love this church, you've been coming to this church, hey, we'd love to talk to you about it. So they're going to play something. You come. If you raise your hand, you know the Lord's helped you, given you peace. Then let me ask you, why don't you thank him tonight? good to us. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jim Beeler, I bet you thanked him for a successful surgery. I tell you what, you're walking better than I've ever seen you walk. got another one to come don't you maybe you're online tonight you're watching why don't you thank him for being your help we can rest in him it's good to have the Morrisons with us tonight amen Y'all traveled all the way from Whitwell. Was the difference worth the drive? Well, if you're looking for a good church, uh, I know you at least know a family here that's a good family. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord. You are so good to us. Lord, we know that you're our burden bearer. We know that you're our deliverer. Lord, you're our fear reliever. Lord, I thank you again for your goodness, and I pray now that you'll help us in our dark days of life, that we would pray that we might rest in thee. I pray you'll give everyone safety as they travel home, bring us back the next appointed time. We ask it in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Quickly, let me ask real quick, how, is everybody off tomorrow? If you got to work tomorrow, would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray for y'all. Thank you. Yes. Amen. God bless you.